this is the kind of true crime stuff I can get behind. Yeah, it was fun. So that, that murder was fun. Welcome back to your Hatch and Bar, home of paranormal, supernatural, extraterrestrial, true crime content. My name is Cody. To my right, Summer. Hi. Brian is off today. Shane Markle, our host. What are we talking about today, Shane? We're actually talking about the Hinterkaifeck. Hinterkaifeck. Say that one more time. With a T or Kaifeck? Hinterkaifeck. Spell that out for Feck. me. I don't need that. Uh, no, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But I will tell you, it roughly translates into hidden behind the woods. Ooh. Okay. Is that like the name of the town? It was hidden behind the woods or? It's actually the name of the property. Okay. It's a very famous property. We're going to start our story in October 1921 in Germany. Oh, Germany. Yeah. It makes a little sense now, right? Yeah. We're back to the Midwest. The Midwest mm. of the Europe. Yeah. <laughs> Midwest of Europe, baby. <laughs> we're about 40 miles north of Munich. The farm itself is known as Hinterkaifeck. Like I said, it roughly translates into the hidden behind the woods. It's an isolated farm that's heavily cared for by the Gruber family who lives there. And this family consists of a 17-year-old Andreas Gruber, his wife, 72-year-old Kazelia Gruber, with their daughter, who is a war widow, Victoria Gabrielle. And along with her, her two children, we got seven-year-old, again, Sazelia, and two-year-old Yosef. And their lesser-known brother, Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber's not there, but they do have a live-in maid. Actually, our story begins with her. Oh, okay. So you see, she spends most of her time dealing with the household, right? And she's kind of isolated in this isolated area. She's been working at the Hinterkaifeck for a long time, and lately she's been getting spooked out. So when she's alone, and especially when she's trying to sleep, she is disturbed by tapping in the walls and doors. And this is happening just about every night. Oh, okay. Might just be one of the kids. No. I mean, kids make noises, but the way she puts it, like, the walls are almost alive. And what's really getting to her are the footsteps that she's hearing in the attic alongside with disembodied voices strung out throughout the house. This is the, the maid? This is the maid, yeah. So she's hearing voices, she's hearing tapping on the walls, you know, and we're back in another supernatural ghost story. Mental but illness. But do, does, the fa- does the family hear any of this, or is it just her? That's the thing. So this is happening a lot to her and when she's alone. So what she's trying to do is, or what she begins to do is start telling Andreas, the father of the house, like, hey, there's somebody in the attic. There's something here. It becomes so bad that she quits her job. Damn. Hmm. And we're talking, we're talking like post-World War I Germany. Like, you don't just quit jobs. And they, she's working for a rich family. Like, everything's good. She's got her house. She basically quits her job and moves out. To become homeless? Well, I, I don't know probably. where she goes, but <laughs> yeah. She would rather be she on was the living streets. There. She was living there, so she probably didn't have a house, right? No, I, I wouldn't think so. She was living there. She was living made. Damn. They must have gotten real in there. Let me ask you a question, Shane. What is a disembodied voice? Uh, so this is another way of saying ghost. It's a ghost of nobody. Disembodied. Okay. I actually looked it up this morning. <laughs> Did you? Okay. So like a voice with no body. Like, yeah, yeah. Here. So she's hearing voices and can't make anything out. They're not speaking to her, but... All right. So I was I was just thinking I was like a disembodied voice. Does that just mean it's like breaking up? But no, okay. That makes sense. Did anybody ever check the attic? Or she was just like, so there's that's voices. the thing. Andreas, he would go up there and the attic is just this big open space. And Attics are inherently spooky. Yeah. They are. And he'd go up there, but he'd get frustrated with her and he wouldn't see nothing and basically just say, No, you're you're crazy. There might be bats up there. It could be bats, mice. We, we had got that em. problem. We got it. <laughs> we had that problem. <laughs> it's a, uh, I mean, this is a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, pretty much, surrounded by woods. Andreas Gruber, the, the father of the house, he has a reputation within his society. He mostly keeps to himself 
and he has a distaste for police, anything authority, and he's a he's a Nazi libertarian. I mean Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's a Nazi sympathizer. So so fuck him already, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm, cool guy. But I mean, nobody. I mean, he he keeps himself. He keeps the fi- family isolated. It's reported that he is an abusive father, an abusive husband. In his defense, it was the 1920s. That was normal. They were all abusive husbands and, also, and parents. Germans are just inherently, you know, a little bit more aggressive. You're German. What are you talking about? I'm inherently a little bit more aggressive. Okay. I mean, I, I guess there's a big one. It's documented that he, he would spend a year in prison for having an incestuous relationship with his daughter, Victoria, that lives Damn, there. that's probably not normal. I take back what I said. <laughs> Victoria herself also spent a month in jail for this crime. The so, daughter? Yeah, yeah. So it's, oh, okay. It's a fucked up time, right? What? So she was being molested, and then she went to jail? She was being fucked, and she went to jail, yes. Was she being molested, or were they just like... So that's that's, that's kind of up in the air. Um, we don't she, really she know. Like, think that, no, she was like, think... Dad's pretty hot. Dad. I mean... <laughs> Either way, it's a fucked okay. up situation. Like, I've seen Dad get out of the shower. He can get it. I've seen my dad's dick. <laughs> I have, too. But I... <laughs> I assure you that did not make me want to touch it. Yeah. Um, so I don't she, think anybody like wants to see their dad's dick. No. She this, did, though. This is an abuse. I'm pretty sure she was abused. She's yeah. in jail anyways. Yeah. So she was molested and got thrown in jail. That's kind of fucked up. But we'll get, to, we'll get to more on that later. According to Andrea's neighbors, after the maid left, the Gruber family would start to hear the same tapping from the walls, footsteps coming from the attic, occasional disembodied voices, the same thing as the old maid. Perhaps it was due to Andrea's dislike for the authorities, but these strange things would never go reported, and they would increase in the, over the next six months. More notably, he would go as far as climbing the offer to borrow a neighbor's pistol, stating that if he had to, he would just handle whatever situation it is. He's kind of rational. He doesn't think there's ghosts. He thinks somebody's sneaking onto his property. Like, they get these hands. Yeah. Come over here and get these hands. I don't need no guns when I got these two guns right here. God damn it. <laughs> Summer's in today, baby. <laughs> Summer's here today, baby. Yeah. So not only do we have these rise of spooky sounds, but these there's things start to come up missing. Um, in particular, a set of keys to the farm. So, I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. Not only that, but a lock in one of the buildings had been broken away. Can't explain it. Kind of ignores it. One thing that stood out was a newspaper that he discovered on the property that makes zero sense. It's no one around him will subscribe to this newspaper. It's not a local paper. This is something that just randomly popped up. Where was the newspaper from? I don't know that particular, but I just know that it's mentioned. A newspaper from a place far away. It just makes zero sense. Okay. The wind. Could be. Yeah, there's a lot of wind in the Midwest. Yeah. Very flat land. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to March of tw- 1922. It's a snowy night. Andreas noticed that there's footprints heading away from the wooded area to the farm itself. Don't like that. But not another set turning back to the woods. Nobody in the house could claim the prints, and it's late at night. I just imagine him just like this German drunk fuck walking around, fucking his daughter, mean as fuck. Like, who's who's feet are these? Yeah, he's he's like looks out the window. He's fucking his daughter. Looks out the window. He's like <laughs> footprints. I have to go deal with this right now. <laughs> so bad. So bad. I love it. <laughs> Look out the window. He's fucking his daughter. <laughs> Sees these footprints. I was like, I gotta go check this out. Hold on, hun. 
Because they're just not heading back out, which means they're still here. Nobody would claim the footprints in searching all the buildings. Andreas and the family couldn't they couldn't find anybody. It's just a set of footprints, suggesting that whatever came there stayed there. How long do you think you could hide on a farm without someone finding you? It's been like six months for whatever the fuck's at this farm right oh, now. No, I'm asking you directly, <laughs> Shane. Oh. Yeah. Uh, How long do you think you could hide from summer on a farm? You're playing hide oh, and go seek. Shit. Summer? Yeah. yeah. Six months. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was thinking I could hide pretty well because I'm small. Yeah, I can, I can hide for a while. But you get hungry very quickly. I, I'd, f- I'd figure it out. I'm if I was determined it. enough to be sneaky, I could do it. Have you ever? When was the last time you were sneaky? <laughs> God, I don't know. I haven't snuck around in ages. How do you know? Why are you so confident with your answer? Then I can do it. She's like, oh, back when I was a kid, I was so good at. That I was, was so, so good sneaky. at hide and seek. <laughs> Guy hide and seek, I was winning every time. That got a medal for it. Yeah. I went to the Beijing seek. Olympics. <laughs> went to the Beijing Olympics for being sneaky. What's that thing they do in Canada? The 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 Canusa Games. She's like went to the Canusa Games. Yeah. Did you go to Canusa Games? Yeah. Ninth grade hide and seek. Yeah. For being <laughs> sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> Ninth grade hide and seek. The annual Canusa hide and seek game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they couldn't find me for a year. <laughs> I actually graduated in Canada because I started a new life. <laughs> it changed my name and everything, man. Started wearing glasses, dyed her hair, just took up a Canadian accent, eh? Yep. Still haven't found her. <laughs> yeah, legends say they still haven't found me. So due to the added stress of recent events and losing the housekeeper, Victoria and Kazilia are actively actually looking for a new housekeeper. Somebody to take the job because they... This is too much, man. They need, they need some help around here. And with a little bit of luck, they find a Maria Baumgartner, who will start as a new live-in maid on the 31st of March, 1922. Is Maria a German name? I don't know. And you know say. this dude is racist, so she has to be German. So it's Baumgartner. That's so, definitely German. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a... I'm actually doing oddly well with these German names. You're killing it, man. I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself. Are you sure you're not German? He I, has to be. I, you have to be German. I'm not. I'll show you my uh, 23 Me. I'm actually Croatian. <laughs> You're going to say Neanderthal? <laughs> and I am Neanderthal. I'm actually Neanderthal. <laughs> okay, so Maria's getting settled in for a new employment. Her sister leaves. The next day on April 1st, two guys, Hans and Edward, being the persistent coffee salesman they are, they arrive to the hint. He didn't even try the last name. <laughs> Chirovsky, man. Chirovsky. <laughs> he looked at me he's like... I'm not saying it. <laughs> well, these two guys, they, they get to Hinterkaifeck, and they're looking around the farm, and everything seems normal, except there's nobody there. They're, they're coffee salesmen, so they just want to fill the order. They start beating on the doors and windows. Nobody's answering them. They think it's weird, yeah, and they don't necessarily report it, but they just move on. Now, the next day in the second, on April 2nd, and Michael Plockel happened to pass by Hinterkaifeck, and he said that the chimneys were blowing smoke, and a man was standing on the property. He could not make it out because it was dark and it was just a dark figure. But when he gestured to the man, the man in turn blinded him with a lantern. So Mike felt like he wasn't welcome and kept on walking. On How the- far away was he? He blinded him with a lantern. How far do lanterns go? Well, they're blinding. I don't know. <laughs> Does he have a flashlight? That I get. But a lantern? I thought that was just like a small, like, 10-foot area around you. This one was bright, okay? This one was very bright. Is he fucking live at a lighthouse? Yes. Like a silo? It's like, vroom. He like, carries a lighthouse. Whatever. You couldn't make the guy out because it was so far away, but a lantern blinded you? On April 4th, a that local... That guy killed somebody. <laughs> 
She's got a fake last name, and he fucking murdered them. Case solved. Yeah. And what do you mean murder? We don't know anything about murder. You said it was true crime. We haven't gotten there yet. Oh. On April 4th, local mechanic. Sorry. Albert Hoffner will arrive to Hinterkaifeck to do a scheduled repair on an engine. But when he arrived to the farm, things seemed tidy and otherwise normal. The family's dog could be heard barking from the inside of the house. He tried to get the attention of somebody to let them know that he was there, but nobody came to the door or out to come see him. He decided to get to work on the engine for about four and a half hours, waited another hour, and then he noted that the dog was now tied up outside. Ooh, the plot thickens. Albert, who wants to get paid or some kind of acknowledgement for what he's done today, traveled to the neighbor's farm, which is owned by Lorenz Schlichenbauer, to let Lorenz know that, hey, like, I repaired this engine, I can't get a hold of nobody, can you just let them know I was here? Lorenz would send his two boys over to the Hinterkai effect. When the boys returned, they said that everything looked normal. Cows are... Being milked, fed, cattle's out. Everything looks pretty normal. But yet they couldn't find anybody. Still don't see anybody. Nothing. Nothing's going on. I'm surprised nobody's trying to like break into their house yet. Uh, the coffee guy's trying to beat on the windows. But me too. It's been days. And the last time, the last person to see the family was actually Maria Baumgartner's sister who dropped Maria off the new live-in maid. So Lorenz, being the good neighbor he is, and he knows the Grubers well, I mean, he finds this odd because farms need, they need consistent attention. They need work and it's been days and nobody's heard from the family. So he goes himself and he investigates. When he arrives, there's a barn door open. When he peeks inside the barn, he'll see a foot and come to discover stacks of bodies. In the barn? In the barn, <clears throat> yes. So there's bloody hay. He'll find Andrea Gruber, lifeless, face smashed in. On top of him, Kazilia Gruber, also sliced, crushed skull. Toria Gabriel, the daughter, with nine star-shaped wounds to her head. God damn. Uh, blunt force damage is obvious in the face. And horrifyingly enough, the seven-year-old Kazilia, she had similar wounds, although gruesome. She's alive longer than the rest. And this is important to note because she had clumps of hair surrounded around her. Like she was pulling her own hair out. Oh, whoa. That's yeah. brutal. That's the youngest? That's the seven. Everything old. about what you just said is like super violent. Was the dad's body like, in there? Yeah. You yeah. said that? Okay. Uh, Andrea's the first one. They're all stacked up on each other and they're all kind of hidden. Was mm. his like brain smashed in too? Yeah. His what? was disfigured face. What did they use to do it with? They don't know yet. It's not, not uh, that obvious. But the family has been massacred and Lorenz who is leading this charge, the neighbor, he starts moving the bodies, and he's looking for the baby. It's uh, a baby? Yeah, baby Joseph. You know you know, when you see a crime scene, you're just supposed to tamper with it. You know, move bodies around. It's 1922. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the men with him was like, hey, man, that's kind of odd. Like, don't do that. Tell somebody. And he exclaims to the man he's looking for his son. The neighbor? Here's what you don't know about Schenbauer. After his wife died in 1918, Victoria and Lorenz started hooking up. And Lorenz even wanted to marry Victoria on the condition that Andreas, her father, would stop sleeping with her. <laughs> I'll marry you, but only if your dad stops fucking you. Pretty oh, much the deal. Oh God. <clears throat> I mean, that's a well, pretty that's, fair deal. That's not going to happen, though. Yeah. No, because <laughs> Andreas, he's... He would not let Victoria marry Lorenz. He's like, I, you can marry her, but I am not. Going to stop. He actually claimed, and I think this is according to Lorenz, that he simply refused that she is his. Shane, where do you find this stuff? The internet. <laughs> that is fucking wild. He's just like, nah. Uh, there's got to be laws against that, right? Why did the guy just like, He hey. went to jail. He, they yeah, went to jail. And then he just still said, I'm just going to keep doing it. 
this is and this is post jail, right? I did not learn my lesson. After Victoria had slept with Lorenz several times, she had become pregnant. The townspeople suspected that Andreas had been the father. <sighs> And they were looking to charge him again and her again for committing incest. Victoria convinced Lorenz, the neighbor, to sign the baby's birth certificate to avoid charges. Wow. Okay. Well, things get a little shaky when they want alimony. Is, and, what's the name of this town again? That's like, it's like behind the woods? No, no, that's not the town. That's the, the name of the property. I don't know. It's behind the, the woods or something like that? You called me. I don't I don't care about the name of the town. The, the name <laughs> Hidden of the in farm, the woods. Hidden it's... in the woods? Yeah, buddy. That's some Lapeer <laughs> fucking nonsense. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't say Lapeer. I would not say Lapeer. Yeah, not Lapeer. I would say like That's because Georgia. from there. I'm making fun of her. I would say some Georgia-ish shit. Or like Durand. Yes. Go Railroaders. <laughs> Whale Woders. God damn it. <laughs> You're going to fuck me up. <laughs> but back to the story. Lorenz will now go into the house to find Joseph in his cradle. Beat to death. Oh, shit. God damn it. Okay. Yep. I was excited. I was like, the baby? God, everything about this murder is, like, super brutal. It's crazy. I'm like, the- it almost seems like like somebody must, like, had to have, like, known them. I don't know. Seems like it, right? And then, then we have, like, we have the maid. Remember the maid? Six months before. Oh. She, oh, yeah. she ended up quitting because, like, I hear people. I hear something. Yeah. Something's wrong. And what about the new maid? They find her? It is suspected all these murders happened one by one. And it started with... Maria. That's man, you really? just you start a new job and immediately get brutally murdered. Day one. The first night. Oh, that sucks. That okay, so that's weird. Why start with her? It's just the way that the investigation kind of spelled out to the the investigators that it looked like it started with her, then went to the baby, and then the rest of the family was lured out to the barn one by one where they were murdered. They had to have known them. They had to have known them. That's made sense. To me, in that situation, uh, I don't know if you guys agree. If you're going to murder somebody and it's someone you know and it's like a crime of passion, you kill the person that you're mad at, right? So you speak a crime of passion and there's a very interesting point to be made on... Murder is passion, though, isn't it? Like, Well, yeah, a murder like this, it seems like there's got to be some kind of motive. The mother, or the grandmother, Kazilia, and the mother, Victoria, they both had strangulation marks on their necks. And that's kind of a like a you know to strangle somebody yeah yeah that's a passionate way to kill them well like the bashing of the brains too like that's very yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like multiple 10 12 times getting crushed in the face that's uh yeah once does it you know <laughs> yeah. especially for a seven year old you you put nine holes in her head it really really sounds like the dad but I know he's dead too that's the problem because he's brutally murdered his face is crushed in yeah. Now we're four days after when Maria first started and the last person to see Maria. And then each day leading up, we've had people visit the farm and not see the family. So it's only safe to assume that they have been dead for four days. But someone was taking care of the animals the entire time. And that's, that's interesting to note because, yes, the, the chimneys are going. There's food missing. Cattle are fed and let out. Dog was let out. But nobody saw. Somebody was there. Yeah, Somebody but like nobody saw them. Yeah. No, nobody. But you got the one guy late night with the lantern. Other than that, yeah, that's it. And why wouldn't he move the maid and the baby to the barn as well? That's going to start smelling so bad. Yeah, that's what so I was thinking fast. the entire time. Like, decomps already set in. Why not move them? If you're going to stay there for four, five, six, seven days. I mean, also, if you're going to brutally murder an entire family, I don't think you're really worried about the smell. So if you remember, you have the mechanic who went to the neighbor to get the neighbor. Now the neighbor's here. Well, during that time, the dog was let out. Is there still somebody there right now? Is he hiding on the property? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. The dog was let out, and the, you said the cows were fed, so somebody was there at some point. 
had the compassion to feed the animals. It's crazy to think about. Soon after the authorities were notified, Inspector George Reingruber would take the case. And at this point, he's noted that the scene and all the evidence has completely been compromised. Everything's fucked. There's, there's been so many people all over the place. Bodies are being moved. He's pretty upset. This is also 1922, so if you're not standing there with the murder weapon, they don't know who the fuck did anything. Yeah. That's true. DNA yeah. really you can get away with anything. Sense. If it, they don't see you, you're good. Although murder had certainly occurred, what was the motive? So we're talking about that a little bit. Whoever had been doing this has been actively living on this farm. For days, the chores have been taken care of, food was prepared, and ate. Robbery was ruled out due to the large amounts of valuables and money that were found throughout the property. Okay. No fingerprints were found. No murder weapon was found. Scent dogs were useless. No leads. Everybody was dead, and nobody could figure out what, why, or who. The medical examiner would actually determine the murder weapon before they found it. Okay. What was it? It's a medic, which is basically a, a pick. It's a pick. It's like a wow. hoe. Okay, Cody. It's like for farming. It's like a hoe. <laughs> Fucking farming ass Cody over here. You ever heard of a medic? No. No, never. I had to look it up. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's probably like this long and the head on it like that. And it's for hoeing. So it's a custom-matic, too. Um, Andreas, the father of the family, he actually made it himself, the handle at least, mm -hmm. and it was kept with all of his Man, tools. murdered with your own weapon. That's yeah, crazy. Your whole family with your own weapon. George Ryan Gruber, the investigator, would uh, actually dedicate most of his career to this mystery. He arrests and interviews anywhere from vagrants to family members and neighbors. Nobody can pin the crime on anybody. It was Michael. That's not Yeah, the one thing, thing that I read... Pasacle. Plock, when I was reading the story, the one thing that was said that they had like over a hundred suspects. Yes, and so this case is crazy because it happened in 1922, and they will be dropped and picked up for like a hundred years. Uh, I let it go. It's yeah, yeah, it's it's a cold case. Yeah, just uh, let it go. I mean, whoever did it's dead. Were there any other murders in the area? No, this is the only one. It's a single one of. God, this is crazy. Yeah, but this it's, is fucking insane. But it's a it's a total murder of six people. Right? Yeah, and he stacked the bodies, which means it's someone with some sort of compulsion. For sure. Or, oh, yeah. all of this says or that it's somebody with multiple people. And who said it isn't ghosts? Why have we ruled out ghosts? It's not a ghost. It's not a ghost. <laughs> the ghost said, ooh, come out to the barn. <laughs> I just, I'm just picturing it as like some guy shows probably like, hey, there's something weird going on in your barn. And the dad's like, you know, got to put his shirt and pants on. He's in his daughter's room. I'm coming. And he's he in his daughter's to, room. He put his daughter out of the full yeah. Nelson. Yeah. And he's like, I'm coming. And, he, and he's like, he comes out and he walks out to the barn. He's like, look how crazy this is. Smashed in head. And like, the guy walks. He's like, oh, something happened to your husband. You got to come check this out. Smashed in head. Like just one after another. Just, oh, look what happened to your husband. Like, oh, is that your dad? He's like, oh, your mom. Also fell. Come look at this. Everybody just keeps falling. I don't know. Just come out. About a year later, some extended family would acquire this farm, but they really couldn't afford its upkeep, so they decided to demo the whole property, which will give us an opportunity to find things that we didn't see before. Namely, we have the actual murder weapon, which turned out to be a medic. It was hidden in the barn. The investigators, they said they combed that whole area, and they... they pretty sure that that was planted back there. Another thing that they found was a pen knife, which, again, they think it was planted. Did they have stab wounds on them or anything besides the... So we got these star-shaped wounds. That's why I think that's the pickaxe, mm -hmm. right? And then yeah. we got crushed skulls. At the other end of it. But there are slices and things. It is noted by... So one side of it is like a hoe. like It's like a flat yeah. like thing. So it's like digging in the ground. So you could, from the top of it, you could smash someone's head in with it or hit them with that and it would cave it in. The other one would put the pick part of it put like star shaped stuff in you. One Cody's the, actually the murderer. I, I can tell. Um, <laughs> You've always known. <laughs> I've always known. Um, whoever did this, this wasn't the first time they held one of these things. 
Okay. There's a lot of precision was going on, the slicing and things. The old housekeeper, which I don't know her name, the one that quit, actually said that could have been just one of their pen knives. Like, it was kind of a common thing to have. Another thing they found while they're demoing the house was almost like a hidden nest in the attic where hay was bundled. Um, like, you could move a board, and someone it looks like someone could sleep there. Hmm. Continue. I have a story about that. Okay, yeah. Killer in the attic is kind of a scary fucking thing. The, the brutal murders at the Hinterkai effect would be one of Germany's most discussed and investigated unsolved mysteries. There are many, many theories on who or what caused these murders. But what's your theory on the attic? Oh, my, my theory on that is I'm not worried about that. There could have been some out there. When I was a kid, we had like a deck around the house when I lived in Flint. I grew up during the winter. I always told my parents, like, I hear somebody walking. I'm a really light sleeper. I was like, I hear someone walking on the deck. I can hear the snow crunching. They're like, no, there's no footprints out there. You're just hearing stuff, hearing stuff, hearing stuff. I, I'm there's someone walking out there. Years later, we found there was a there was this homeless guy that used to walk around, and one of my cousins was talking to him or something, if I remember the story right. And he had told my cousin, like, oh yeah, during the winter. I used to go into that yellow house's garage and sleep on the couch that was in there because it would get so cold. He goes, there was blankets and stuff. I would curl up on the couch and put them out there and get out of there early in the morning before they wake up. I was experiencing that my whole life. Like I thought I was crazy hearing something. And as a teenager, it was confirmed like I'm, I was actually hearing something. I was like, so that shit can happen. Someone could get in your house while you're sleeping and get in the attic. Or if there was another way in it, someone could be sleeping up there. And that could have been what the lady was hearing, whether the person was talking to himself. Hey, you're right. While they're doing the demo, they said the person whoever did this was probably coming through the roof itself, which you remember the walls banging noise up to the attic. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. Uh, but how long was this person there? You know, yeah. was it? Sounds like for a while. For a long time, right? Could have been. I mean, you could, if you could get in there, in and out of there quietly, why not? And you, you could grab while they're out. You know, you could be watching them. You can grab food real quick, get back in there if you need to, if you have like a way to do it. You uh, could definitely, I mean, you'd have to be really fucking quiet. This is but, one of those cases where you could just really start tying the knots or connecting the dots and just about anybody. So I was yeah. going to go through a bunch of people it could have been. And I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna, no. I got two. That I'm gonna do, okay. Um, the two, the, the two most obvious. The first one of which is gonna be the neighbor, right, Lorenz? Uh, yeah, that would make sense. But why kill the baby? Yeah, especially if it was his baby. It's kind of like he had the most motive, though. Here's the kicker: that's his baby. Would be heir to that property. So if he kills the family and the baby's alive, Lorenz would take the property. That makes sense. I have another theory. It just hit me. <laughs> just hit me. Maybe he hears a commotion. He goes over there. And maybe the dad, knowing that that his that little child is not his kid, it's not his little incest baby, kills the baby, goes on a rampage, kills a bunch of them. Lorenz hears it, murders him. Just as valid as about any of these other ones, but it could it could be. I'm still going on the guy with the fake last name. It's made up. You can't put C L C L K L does not make a noise. Those those letters shouldn't go together. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not in that order. The fact that things were kept up on the property kind of makes sense to me on him, too. Just because he's going to acquire it. Why would he let it go? Why would right. he let the cattle die? Why would he? You know, that's kind of like the obvious thing. But that's also obvious to everybody else. He will spend the rest of his life being known as the murderer of Hinterkaifeck. Wow. He will go with many, many civil cases, take people to court over it. If you look into Lorenz himself, he was kind of like a local celebrity. He was a town guide. You know, he was kind of getting into politics, things like that. After these murders, Probably ruined smeared him, yeah. it for generations. Oh, yeah, yeah. His kids, even. But my favorite theory 
as Carl Gabriel. Now, if you notice, Victoria, the family, she had a different last name, and she was a war widow. We didn't talk about Carl, but he is Victoria's first husband, who had joined the military to fight in World War I. Although officers reported that he had died in a bombing and buried in France, it is theorized that it was never recovered. It is far-fetched, but maybe when Carl found out about the incest between Andreas and Victoria, Bertha Joseph, he snuck onto the farm himself, lived there, and got his retribution. Okay. That's a movie. So make a movie out of that. And then after World War II, and this one's kind of debunked, but after World War II, there was some Soviet officers who met a Carl Gabriel who like freed them from being arrested, and he has said, yeah, I'm the murderer of Hinterkaifeck. You said that's debunked, though. Yeah, they said that. So did anyone <laughs> ever see this Carl Gabriel ever again? So. No, and nope. And his commanding officers say that they saw his body go into a grave. Okay, not really plausible unless he's the ghost. Unless he's the ghost. Speaking of uh, retribution, there's a lot of theories with like political politics, especially because Andreas was a Nazi sympathizer, and then we also have a lot of disgruntled people with the whole incest thing. Like that didn't yeah. really go over yeah, yeah. well, and it kept going on. But why kill the rest of the family? I don't know. That doesn't make any it sense. It doesn't make any sense unless you want to rid the bloodline or some crazy fucking. Unless you're like a no more. I don't want to witness. Um, no witnesses. You guys kind of said no to this, but the devil maybe walked out of there or a ghost. No, nah, I'm not, we're not buying into that at all. I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> also, ghosts, like, you never really hear stories like that about ghosts. Like, and like... ghosts wouldn't leave footprints and they don't need to bust locks. They just go through walls, right? Yeah. Any of those little fuckers ever just come through the walls? <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of like trying to li- trying to build a ghost story here. All right, man. so who do you think it is? I think it's Lorenz. <clears throat> okay, who do you think it is? Either Lorenz or that dude with the Michael fake last name. Like, oh yeah, I, I walked by and I saw a man there. Did you, or were you just sitting at home? Um, if you look at Wikipedia, where I even saw this guy's name for the first time, it's under inconsistencies. <laughs> yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense because it doesn't because his story doesn't make sense. So anytime someone tries to you know inject themselves into a story like that, it's either for fame or because they are just wanting to be an asshole. You just you either want to be famous or you did it and you're lying. Like, well, I saw a guy there. Couldn't be me. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah, Summer, who do you think it is? I think it's a random person. Like, I just think it like, might be just like a traveler that came through and was just unhinged. You know, that's the craziest shit is that could happen. Yeah. Especially at that. I mean, it could happen now. That movie, The Strangers. Yeah. That scares the shit out of me. Just like that idea. So it's interesting you bring that up because if we can do like a where are we now type of thing. In 2017, the last chapter of The Man from the Train, which is a book by Bill James and his daughter, Rachel McCarthy James, they basically dedicate this chapter to linking the Hinterkaifeck murders to the serial killer that was also involved in the Velisca Axe murders, which is just somebody who is going around the area, riding trains, getting off, murdering people with an axe. It's totally something you could do at that time. Absolutely. And get away with. Yeah, absolutely. You're just a drifter. You're a little kooky. Yeah. You're like <laughs> David you're, you're like you're like David Carradine, <laughs> but just not doing kung fu. You're just murdering people. As far as investigations go, in 2017, there was 15 students from a police academy that reopened this case, and they dedicated a lot of resources using modern techniques to see if they could piece anything together. And the main thing holding them back was that whole World War thing, because the heads of the bodies are destroyed in bombings, and a lot of the documents and the investigation 
is also destroyed from bombings. But they took what they had and actually came to a conclusion that they will keep to their graves because they don't want to ruin anybody's life. Everybody's all gone and dead now, but they, they think they know who did it and they have reason to believe that, but they keep it to themselves. Well, I kind of want to know because this is a... Shane, you got a good one here. Yeah, I know you kind of like, you're like this, this is something kind of out there. But you put something good together here. This is an interesting, this is kind of true crime stuff I can get behind. Yeah, I like that. That was a good one. You know, cold cases, so good choice, Shane. Yeah, it was fun. So That, that murder was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was, because it, it was, I mean, there was, you know, paranormal, like, thrown in there. And not to mention, it is a cold case. And it's from a period of time where you have to, you have to put yourself back in that time. In that time frame, that time period, and, like, what could have been and what could be. It'd be like a time capsule, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just try to put myself in the situation when you're explaining it. The barn, the house, the distance between it. I'm trying to picture the woods as they're walking through and there's only one set of footprints. My mindset, good job, man. We would like to do more true crime like this. If you guys have any suggestions, hit us up. Hatch and Bar on Instagram. We're very sensitive on the topic. We don't want to do anything recent. So, you know, just... If you got something we want to, us to look into, we definitely will. And if you have, like, a wacky story that you want us to look into that you were like, hey... I want to see these idiots make fun of this and, and fuck this up somehow. <laughs> you know, The bare minimum research on it. <laughs> you did a lot on this. Well, I, did, I did pretty yeah. good on this one. But, it, oh, glad you brought that up, Summer, because if you want to research this, I would highly, highly recommend the podcast case file. They do a great one on this. That would probably be the most detailed and rational side of this. But other than that, there's not a lot out there. I mean, there's tons out there, but there's not a lot of credible stuff out there. I mean, you're, if you want paranormal, you'll find it. If you want this person that did it, you'll find it. There's nothing really concrete. The paranormal stuff gets real fun, though. I highly recommend looking into that. Okay. Other than that, you can find us at hatchbar at gmail.com. You can message us on Twitter at Hatch and Bar and Instagram at Hatch and Bar. And that's your Hatch and Bar. <laughs>